You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. I'm so excited for this episode with you guys. And I think I've been waiting for this one because I like to spend a lot of my time in my five arrow. So I'm learning from it too. Today, I'm going to share quotes from my two favorite authors in the world. And they're both fives, Tolkien and Austin. So I couldn't pick one or the other, but I did try to find good five quotes from both. And the first one is from Jane Austen. If I loved you less, I might be able to talk about it more. I think that is such a beautiful five quote because so many people think that fives, because they aren't emoting as much or because they're giving their spouse permission and room to emote more, that they don't have emotions. And that's not true. And Jane Austen, like I said, classic five, lots of her quotes are about how lovely it is to stay home and indoors and and just think and, and clearly being known as the best romantic writer of all time by a lot of standards. She's so scholarly that people realize, you know, as much as she maybe seemed to hide away, she really was analyzing love and feeling deep feelings that were hard to talk about. So she put this eloquence to it. And that's a lot of times what your fives do. So what I want you guys to know from this quote is be sure to be looking for love in different ways. Fives aren't always going to share in the same ways. And you remember we recently did the Truity 7 Love Styles test on this podcast. If you're confused about how your five is loving you, go back and listen to that episode. But right now I'm going to share our Tolkien quote also. This is right in the middle of a character speaking. And it says, it must often be so, Sam, when things are in danger, someone has to give them up lose them so that others may keep them. And that's a quote from Return of the King, the third book in the trilogy of the Lord of the Rings. And of course, we're all looking forward to, if you're listening live in September 2022, we are excited to see if the new series does justice to the Lord of the Rings originals. Now you know why fives like to go digging deep because they get into fandom and and lore and fantasy. And so I think that it's understand here that there are some non-five-ish people listening to the episode. So I'm going to pull myself back out of that. But to say that that quote means that when somebody's in danger and somebody has to give something up, a lot of times fives are pulling back, again, on emoting because they realize it might not be conducive to our survival if everybody's losing their cool. So I'm going to be the one here to be logical and emotions aren't always safe, so I'm not going to delve there, although I'll probably do it privately when I have a chance. So that is how Tolkien worked. That is how Austin worked and it worked for them. And I know it can work for you guys too. 
but make sure that you grab our deep dive guides if in addition to this episode, you want more clear cut steps and tips because that's why we made them and they're at enneagramandmarriage.com and we go over not just the things we're going to cover today, although we include all of that too. We go over all of that in more depth and then we also add on so many case studies, so many examples of fives in every season of marriage and pre-marriage and we also talk about fives and levels of health, moderate health and stress and dysfunction and what can correlate with those times and, and how you can really see yourself a little more pulled back and a little bit more myopic so that you guys can find a way to grow together as couples and not everyone's going to grow the same way, especially depending on the pairing you're with. You rub off on each other more with time, which goes with my whole glow theory. But I really want you guys to understand in general that our deep dive guides are there for you if you need some more marriage help or you're getting stuck. They're created for people who want order and structure, so it should work for you. And this episode is that way too. We're trying to make very streamlined episodes other than my fandom aside. We're really trying to to stay with the same thread so that you just get a clean line view of a five today in marriage and how you guys can work together. So I hope it's helpful. Let's have Jen join us now. Jen, thank you so much for joining me for the Enneagram and Marriage podcast today. I'm fives. Oh, this is going to be wonderful. I'm excited to talk about fives today. Me too. This is a bit of a mysterious type for so many people. So I think everyone, even if they're not married to a five, is probably listening in intently. And I hope fives and five spouses are too. Yes, same. And I think everyone knows a five, or at least they're thinking they might, someone might be a five. So I think we need to hear a lot more about them because you're right. They are kind of mysterious. Yes. And I think that intentionally so. So one of the caveats I wanted to start with as we talk about five is a lot of fives don't like to be labeled. So even if you're listening and you think your spouse is a five or you think you're a five, just like we said with fours, sometimes it's best not to run on in and grab and say my five, my five, or you're doing this because you're a five. Try to just learn tips and and try to even test things out to see if those things are true so that we're not overly reductionistic about people because people will always have neuroplasticity and be growing. Does that make sense, Jen? Yes, completely. We are so nuanced. And I think certain Enneagram types really hate being labeled. So we need to be very cautious about that and tread carefully. Yes, so true. So what do you think our audience would like to know about our fives today? Well, I think we definitely need to start with an overview just to learn how to maybe identify a five and also some of their depth because fives can be very deep. Yes, this is true. And it's a misnomer when people think fives are all cerebral all the time. Fives have feelings also. Let's just say that. And also that they're often very private with those feelings and very guarded with who they share the feelings with. Sometimes the feelings are kept just to themselves because as the innovator researcher personality, this five quality, fives really don't like to be put in a corner and suffocated in any way with an overly loquacious person, somebody who's overly emotional, unless it's something that they're also really passionate with. They're already taking in so much information from the world around them that they don't want to be overwhelmed. They truly believe they'll run out of energy and they actually have experiences in the past where this has actually occurred. So it's just such an important thing to start with, which with fives is that they love to do that research, that they love to be deep in feelings, but that they're going to be guarded because they've had an experience where feelings have hurt them. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. And I've heard this a lot before. So do you think that is why they dive so deep? 
deep into research? I think they dive deep into research because one of the core issues that they have, I should say, is that they really do wonder sometimes about their competency levels and there's almost no way they can be fed with enough research. I'm thinking of Feed Me Seymour, um, but it's just like a constant incessant. I am in the thinking triad. I have to know more. Give me more information and then I'll be competent. But it never really fills them up quite enough unless they're getting a lot healthier with the way they're processing. And the good news is once they can, they actually really do get centered and they realize I already know enough. I'm going to head on in to my family, to my friends, to my work, and there'll be a flow of life and energy and things will be healthy and cyclical. And they turn into what Aranio Paez calls kind of more of an antenna or putting things in the Google cloud so that instead of the hard drive being so overloaded and backed up and feeling like they have to do it all, they're just more of a, there's more of a flow. Do, Do you like that analogy? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I was thinking about their passion there. And so it's their fear that they are going to run out of their resources, their finances, their energy. And so they are hanging on to everything and trying to build more up. So Mm. you mentioned finding that balance. How do they do Mm. that? Does their virtue help? Yes. When they're having that experience of avarice or their fixation of stinginess, there's just as Jen so well said, it's, it's like, they're feeling like I'll never be able to catch up enough and I will disintegrate and not have enough information. I'll be incompetent. I'll be exposed. And, uh, as we said, there's reasons where this has happened to them in the past, but what's important is that they do embrace that virtue, which is called non-attachment. And it doesn't mean remaining unattached from everybody. It just means, like I said, there's no big hard drive that they have to carry around. It's just, I let in energy because there's a synergy there. I know how to go and rest. I build routines into my life. Um, and that really directly answers your questions of how, because now there are routines in place. There are boundaries. They're not going to be best friends with everybody, but the people that really we're speaking to on this episode, their spouses, their their kids, their coworkers, their extended family, there's not as much of a reticence to let them in. And now there's a little bit more of almost an eagerness or a bringing like, oh, you can bring me out because I know I can have a safe place and go back in when I really do get overloaded versus, oh my gosh, giving anything to anyone will take me down. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And I was also thinking about their fixation here. So their fixation of stinginess, they do not want to give because they feel they cannot give out of their lack. So when they are in that fixation, it is just causing even more harm to them. Right. They think it will, but it's actually holding on to the stinginess and holding on to the greed or avarice that's actually taking all the energy. So it's just like Mm. all of our fixations and passions trick us because as I said, we have really good examples in the past from when we needed those things. We're being reductionistic when we say it's always going to be just like this. Just like in the past when my avarice and stinginess helped me, so will everything in the future be guided by these. And that's absolutely not true. Many times in the future, you're going to be guided by love. And we know that when you are truly away from people, there's a failure to thrive. So it's really important for fives to have a little faith here, which I totally admit being in the thinking triad with you is not easy to do. But it's, it's just as with all of us, it's a white knuckling cautious step forward and a bit of a testing out to say, like, if I can let go of a little bit of the control and planning, let me see how this could look. And so they have to find various routes to helping themselves to avoid just getting stuck in that fixation. As you said, the virtue helps a lot. Just, okay, you know, I can be really 
flowing with the flow and the current of life versus planning it all. That makes a lot of sense. And so does this have a huge impact in their marriage and in, in terms of their blind spots? It does because when you feel like you don't have anything to give, there's a lack of warmth, which could be one of the many blind spots for a five in marriage. And that is just simply, like I said, because if I put on too much emotionality here, then we're all in trouble. And that's such a gift in a way to the marriage because they can approach things with logic and they can, I'm going to almost, if you could see me, I'm giving air quotes here that they could, you know, prevent their spouse from losing it with hostility or with hysterics, they can be stable and steady for the family. And sometimes they frankly need to be because they're survivalists. But at other times, um, they're missing out on the the warmth and the emotion that is needed to keep marriages healthy. The lifeblood of a marriage comes in with healthy sharing and emoting. And so that's not always easy because they're they're up against this guardedness that says, if you emote, you're in danger. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So can their um, wings help here in order for them to find better balance? Yes, because if they take the wing route of, and wings as a reminder are the complementary types right around you. If you look at the Enneagram chart and you see the map and you see, okay, there's a four and a six on either side. If you take that step back to the four and you say fours are really good at going deep and they know how to, to be contemplative, but they also know how to Um, at times when they're really being thoughtful, they can surrender a bit to feelings and they can do it through song. Um, Fives really connect well when they find music that helps them because the music has a beginning and an end. And it might be five minutes of listening to a song, might be reading a poem, it might be writing, it might be reading, but they find ways to connect with their, um, with their heart. And I shared Jane Austen and Tolkien at the beginning of this episode, because they were very connected with their hearts, but very fives, very five-ish. And also John Gottman is very five-ish, the number one marriage researcher. And he's always helping people to learn. We need micro expressions. In fact, one thing that he recently said really helped fives. I think he said, when you are trying to freeze your facial features, it's the worst thing you can do for a relationship because partners are scanning these micro expressions and and fives need to be open um, and and not stonewall so that their partner can say, oh my gosh, my five is not robotic. They're not just logical. They're human. They're softening going on here. So I think we really need to consider stonewalling in every type, not just fives, but it's really useful to think about fives not stonewalling and also how the spouses must have ways to deal with this when their spouse does this. Yes, I think that's true. And I think one of the ways that I've been able to work with fives and their spouses is to help them to to get soft by, like we said, something light. And and we already said music and books and reading. Um, and that does keep us cerebral, but it also starts to bring us into our hearts. Another way they can get brought into their heart is through fun and relaxation because fives tend to be very in their head stressed out. If you think of the body, it's like the head sits right at the top and the heart is in the middle. So bringing them down to their bodies and their hearts can come with doing something funny, like watching a favorite show. And now they're all of a sudden softer and sweeter. And also going for a walk in their bodies is very grounding for a five or working out, but they can still do that while in their head. So they have to be intentional to say, you know, I'm just going to 
be at peace. I'm going to do a meditation or I'm going to uh, listen to a funny show while I'm working out or let my children just talk to me about their day and not let my attention keep going back to context switching, which if you think of a five in their brain, you could actually think of it like they have multiple browsers going on. Usually they're techie people too, with all their researching. And so they often do have multiple browsers going on as they're researching, but for them to just say, I'm Xing out of those, even just taking a minute to think about Xing each one of those out and taking some nice deep breaths that can bring them down to their hearts, as can also just playing some board games with their spouse. A lot of fives like to order game kits that are romantic game kits and just be able to work through questions and answers. A lot of them enjoy the glow guide and even this deep dive that we're sharing about today. I hope they're going to grab because they really do well when they're given specific tasks and questions and answers. That I'm thinking clearly about a five that I know, and that is exactly, it's actually the husband of a very good friend of mine, and that is exactly what they use, and I think it helps to give him a lot of focus and mm-hmm. achievement as well. Mm-hmm. So I, as you were talking, I was just thinking about the arrows. How can the five use their arrows to help them in health? Yeah, fives have some power because they have the ability to move to the eight space, which is why a lot of people are kind of shocked when they're like, oh, this five who's been so good at practicing, even being a wallflower and nobody detecting them and just being the investigator who sits on the sidelines and the Sherlock Holmes of it all, when they show up in power, it is so much fun. And one of the favorite things Wes and I do is we have mystery dinner games that we write as some of you listeners know, and I know Jen knows. And when we see a five play our games, they go right to this powerful, funny eight space where they're vibrant and they just take over. And usually that's because when fives go to eight, they take time to plan and prep for it. But my thought to fives is, Just instead of having to have that script like they do when they have our games, which is great. And I I love that too. But instead of having a planned script, just allow yourself to let that eight flow out of you. This powerful person who says what they're thinking, who challenges others in the game of life, instead of all the premeditated chess moves that you're used to doing. And then I also think that the next step after that, the step to seven only adds in more healthy, innovating, more fun, more lightness. And it allows them to say, you know, I've done as much planning as I can, but now I'm just going to enjoy the wonder of life because there's almost nobody more grounded or connected to the earth than a five in health. And we talk about a lot of the the cool gifts of each type. And that's the one I want to let you guys know about for the five is they really are great systems thinkers. And when they're at their best, they realize the interconnectedness of everything. So in their seven space, also systems thinkers, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm good. The flow of life is going in and out of me. I see how I can be an antenna versus having to carry this big mother load on my back. And now they're starting to just enjoy themselves more and be Uh, a little more witty and a lot of fives have dark humor and they just are a bit more sarcastic, but never mean fives are really kind people when they're doing this cycle healthily. Um, And I can talk to you a little bit about if you want, when they're not as healthy in the cycle too. Yes. But I love that. I love that a five can go to an eight and just be confident and powerful and brave and speak out. That is such a beautiful space for them to be. And if it takes a game or even pub trivia to get there, then bring them there. That's amazing. That's true. That's so a then great tell me, 
So tell me about stress. How can they use the arrows in stress? Yes. So if they're not healthy, what I see with a lot of my five couples that I work with is that they get really upset and angry with their spouses in a way that is sometimes demeaning, maybe even threatening, and then just very bossy with their spouses because they're just terrified of losing their, their lives. I mean, when you think about all of us in our security and stress points, we're like, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm going to die. I'm scared. I would say just like, you know, let's going all the way back to psychoanalytic, all anxiety is death anxiety, but how much more for a thinking type who it's a fear-based type. So you have to remember when they're, they're really stressed and forgetting about that flow of life and the synergy and healthy boundaries. They're just so clamped down on having to have control. So they go to this unhealthy aid of I'm going to have all the control and I'm going to hoard everything I need to hoard. I'm going to take in all the information, never stop, never rest. And then just nasty to people around them, even if they're actually over resting. Cause I think what's hard is we, we have to be somewhat reductionistic in these episodes. So you're going to have to also use some of your own imagination and creativity, which I know you're going to do if you are a five anyway, but the eight can look very different in unhealthy ways. And then, then when they take the turn to their seven arrow, they can get very scattered and not at all focused and just like saying yes to too many people or not speaking up to their bosses and just kind of people pleasing. And then there's passive aggressiveness. So then their spouses are not just mad because they're yelling at them, but they're also mad because they're not giving them any time or attention. And then when they are finally done, they're exhausted and they're just going right to sleep. Some people think fives have the least energy of all the types. I don't know that I fully believe that because I think when we're balanced, things change. I think all of the holding in and hoarding of information can be exhausting. I think sometimes there is a physical malady that goes with each, you know, each type. So sometimes that might be it. Um, and I have seen that a lot with fives where that is the truth, but I wouldn't say that as a general, that all fives have the least energy. So one thing I've been curious about, can a five or even any type move to either of those points in both stress and health? Yes, exactly. And that's more how life is. We do a little bit here, a little bit there, and we're trying to find these side routes. And so we're kind of using our, our wings and our arrows and the best ways we can use them. We talked about today, but instead of me saying all of our stress ways, were just all the ways we could go to stress. It's the same thing for even what we just said, how things could look in health. I want all of our listeners to know there are endless options and varieties for how we could use things in health, stress, or as Jen just so well said, a variety of health and stress. And I think we probably all do a little bit of that. Do you, Jen? Yes, completely. I think I move to my arrows in both stress and health. And obviously there's going to be pros and cons of doing both. So we just need to know what those are. And that way we can move in more healthy, healthy ways. Mm -hmm. Yes. So true. And we didn't talk about the etiology of a five, but I did hint at it. Yes. Can you please share more before we go into some growth tips and marriage tips? Sure. So I do want to let people know kind of, it just softens us to know why did our spouse or partner become this way? Or why did we become this way? And some of that is going to be an endless mystery, but some of it is pretty clear that sometimes fives didn't feel oriented fully to either parent for whatever reason, or they felt like even if they were oriented, there was a traumatic experience, which caused them to lose faith in their bodies or humanity. So they kind of just said, my mind is my safe place. There could have been bullying 
could have been war or famine. It could have been that there was a parent who was really overwhelming and they had to pull back a mother figure. Um, and all of these, these places for fives, they've heard it with a lot of male fives saying, I kind of dad wasn't home a lot, or there was a divorce and I had to be that person. And, and it can just feel hard to be a surrogate person. Um, this is when they tend to use their defense mechanism of dissociating or interjecting where they're like, ew, I don't like myself very much. I'm just going to take in all the bad information. I'm just going to remember all the the worst compliments because we all know like sticks and stones may break our bones, but you know, names do hurt us. And so when fives are being made fun of for being brains, sometimes they just develop like, oh, I'm not very good. And they, they lose competency if they are physically weaker in certain moments. And so this plus the ability to pull away, if you think of Russell Crowe in a beautiful mind, when he pulls away into full-on schizophrenia and having walked through that with my own mom, I can tell you that super intelligent people can sometimes pull away from life. And that's, you know, an unhealthy place for them to go, but they don't have to do it in such dramatic ways. Sometimes we just do it in these little ways where we're like, okay, you know what? Childhood was really hard. I'm going to interject. I'm going to dissociate. And now I have social anxiety or antisocial personality issues. And so it's important for fives to be aware of it, to notice it with curiosity, and then to say, you know what? I'm not going to let that rule me, but I, I am cautious. I'm going to be different than if I'd never been touched by these issues. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes complete sense. And I think that's just the overall self-awareness that we all need to have because we're all by issues like that. Yes. And we could all let it take us down all the way, or we could say, no, I'm going to let it make me a stronger, better, braver person because I have compassion on others who have gone through hard things too. But it does take work. Um, cognitive behavioral therapy is very good for a five when they're in that state to say, I'm going to allow healthy thoughts back in every time those automatic negative feelings come in about me losing it or me dissociating away from the world. I'm going to force myself back into some grounding techniques. I'm going to force myself to do some therapy here. A lot of spouses pull them into therapy. Um, and then I'm also going to do some self affirmations about the good things that I do and bring, and also just step into the world. Like, you know what? I maybe didn't research quite enough, but I did my best and I'm headed on in. Okay. And I was just thinking that how, can you talk a little bit more about the subtypes? Yes, absolutely. So we have the three subtypes of fives, just like with all the types, there's somebody who's going to be a bit more self-preserving. There's somebody who's going to be a bit more sexually charged or one-to-one -one charge. And then there's going to be the social person. Um, and I'll start with that five. The social five is somebody who really likes to learn from various groups and really tries to make sure that they can compartmentalize their knowledge and does a very good job of being social, but also can be in danger of keeping it so cerebral and interested in learning and finding new steps and routes and life hacks that they could be the one most in danger of not having a, a strong emotional center because they're doing and they're busy and they're even connecting with people. And if they have spouses or friends who are all cerebral too, it works. But if they have a spouse who longs for more emotions, then this is an important place for them to step in and say like, okay, this is not natural or easy, but I'm going to choose to try to bring some music, some lightness, some, um, some poetry, some romance into our lives. Even if I have to, like I said, buy a game kit or, um, spend time a little bit, five minutes, even uncomfortability. Um, that's a good tip for, for the social five. 
And then we have the, um, the sexual five who really tries to make sure that their partner is ideal, but unfortunately they can allow their, um, their brain to trick them into thinking their partner has to be perfect and has to complete them to the point of perfection. And so sometimes they might be more tempted to look for other spouses to meet their needs or fantasy life to take over. This is a bit more of the four-ish five. And so they most of them know this about themselves and they're able to say like, okay, I'm going to do some CBT on myself, some cognitive behavioral therapy and say, you know, I have a good spouse. They have a lot of good traits and nobody is perfect. And I'm not either. And I don't have to allow my competency to be built up by my spouse. I can just do my best to learn and remember that my spouse is really healthy, just the way they are, instead of being full of critiques, which John Gottman says is the number one divorce predictor. And that's kind of followed by stonewalling where you kind of shut your spouse out. So these are things fives have to be really mindful of, but the biggest one here that I just want to stress for this five and all fives is really capping the fantasy life when it starts to head outside of the spouse. Does that make sense? Yes, completely. And that just brought up a few questions that we're having over on our Facebook group is how, what do we do when our spouse stonewalling and especially a five who might be more prone to stonewalling or holding in emotions. Is there techniques that would be particularly useful for a spouse to do with a five? Yes. And let me talk about the self-preserving five as we answer that, because this five is called the castle. And so it's kind of funny that we're talking about stone walling. And that's why this five is called the castle is they're the self-preserving yes. five. And they really go within a lot, the walls of themselves. And they are just like self-preserving types. They really like material comforts and the hoarding can be a bit more intense with this five. And they can also, if their spouse wants to stay home and hang with them, they can let them in emotionally a little bit sometimes, but they can also shut them out quite a bit. Um, and sometimes with this five, they're not going to tell you it's because I've given up hope. Like a lot of times people tell you they stonewall because they're like, I've already tried all the logical solutions and we've met every possible standard and I'm just stonewalling because you don't listen to me. This five might just be doing this intrinsically because they're a five. So for whatever reason, whether they've decided to shut somebody off where they feel that they've run out of solutions or they've just kind of inherently gone to this place of stonewalling, I want to let you guys know that that's death to a marriage. You do have to come back with some synergy. And like I said, a bit of faith to say, you know, engaging for five or 10 minutes or over a meal or over a walk or over a car ride, not yelling at them in that eight space, but just, just staying with it, taking some deep breaths and talking it out is very important. And um, so is building in times and rhythms of intimacy. If this doesn't come natural to you, where you might say, gosh, it's recommended six to 10 hours a week that we have some time together. I'm going to put that in. I still have 115 waking hours to get my self-care and work done. Um, so this five and all fives who tend to stonewall and all people who tend to stonewall really do have to know that you have to come back at it. And as I hinted earlier, a lot of fives do very well in coaching or therapy because it's a very regimented time for them to get tools and then it's over. So I have a lot of spouses say, when their five comes and does their work, it's really good for their marriage. 
Yes, I can see that. And I like what you said about sitting with them and maybe they just need you to sit with them and to spend time with them. And then also doing the things like you talked about that help them get into more of a fun space. It's probably going to be a very good way to get them to express those emotions in a much lighter way, which just sounds like what they need. Yes. It's so much fun to be with a five who's comfortable because they tend to push edges a little bit like a seven and they tend to want to innovate and be super creative and just, you know, very loyal friends because there's all kinds of good things about thinking types too. And one of them is that they're loyal. They have a six wing and I didn't even finish and talk about their six wings. So we'll finish that fully up now too, that when they head into their six wing, instead of just that place of the romanticism of the four, they really do become a super friendly person. Uh, fives are natural helpers. They're relationalists like the twos and the eights. And a lot of people would be like fives and eights are relationalists, but yes, they are. And they really make sure that they try so hard to serve people, but they just like to do it from an introverted space. So I love that you reiterated, Jen, coming home, being with somebody, if you're with a five, you know, make sure that you add this in. Cause we want to add in the gifts of all the types to our work. We don't want to be like, I have no five. We want to be like, you know what, this is, I don't have a five really in my tri-type or in my wings or arrows, but but I'm going to start incorporating one because I see the value of pulling back and resting and, and learning and researching. And so I want, I welcome spouses to that place. And I know we're heading into spousal tips, but that's the first one I want to give you is, you know, as that five pulls into their sixth space, they become very friendly and they're ready to hang with you, but they probably want to do so in a bit more of a reserved way sometimes. I was just thinking, this is such good advice for me of what you were just saying about slowing down and relaxing a bit more, and then even be willing to do the research and find out some more information. That is something as a one I'm totally uncomfortable with. And so we all need a little bit of five in us. I agree. Yes, it's a, it's a brilliant place for us all to develop and learn. So thank you fives for your ongoing learning. And we've given a lot of marriage tips, but I don't want fives to forget that the body work is so important. And I know you're huge here, Jen, for the health coaching. And I just really want fives to be aware that they have to take care of their bodies. They have to give them enough rest and protein. Um, I know they like sometimes their long nights of working all through the nights. I mean, they just can get so locked in. I think of the movie, the social network where, um, Mark Zuckerberg and others were like, I'm locked in. And it's like, they were just in complete lockdown of I'm in my zone. Don't bother me. I'm focused. This is a great gift of the fives, but it can hurt their mental health if they don't balance and do some body work. Recently, I was listening to an episode of a, just a, a YouTube watching a brilliant person talking about how he's come to better health. And he's like, oh my gosh, what do you know? After all these years, I needed self-care. So, it, you know, fives have to really trust their healthcare practitioners, but find one you can trust and stick with them. If it's a counselor or coach, stick with them. If it's, um, you know, that you're getting into some physical body work, which I hope is part of it, I'll stick with it. If you're putting it on the calendar to be intimate with your spouse, stick with it. Um, and fives do really well with routines, but I don't want them to get overly routine to where they can forget that flow of life. Um, I also don't want fives as a, a spouse to try to make themselves so mysterious that they're impossible to figure out because that's just going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy later of, oh man, my spouse could never understand me because they were high 
hiding out so much and not letting them understand them and giving them all these little tests. Yeah. And I just want to go back to what you said about being in the work zone. I think for fives, they can kind of get what they into like a flow. And I think the flow is really, really awesome in a lot of ways for work. However, it really just causes, can cause a lot of anger to build up and they need to have a physical release of that pent up anger that they can feel in their eight arrow. And so having a really good balance, especially with their hormones or testosterone, um, would be excellent for an exercise running, Ooh. hiking, um, any high intensity exercise would be a great body release for them. And I think for fives, they need to schedule it because if they don't schedule it, it might just get pushed to the side by being absorbed in all of their research and all of their thinking. So they need to make sure to schedule that. And then also to eat and drink during those times. I think that can be something that can push to the side as well. Like I don't need to stop to have some water. I don't need to. And so getting into those habits is really useful. And I might even recommend fives like doing their research on health in general, because once they do their research and they know how good it is for them, maybe that might encourage them to do it even more. Yes, that's true. And they can be inundated by over research on podcasts and such, but when they can balance that out and say, okay, I just let myself listen to one, two, three, four at most podcasts in a row, it's time to get into action. This is a very feelings inhibited and doing inhibited type at times. Some people say, oh, fives can be one or the other. No, they can be both. They can be so in their head, so locked in that they really need to just give themselves time and make some co covenants or promises to themselves if they can't find faith elsewhere to, to say, yeah, you can trust yourself. You will get off this computer at two o'clock for a micro nap or to go around the block with your family on a walk. You will do your body work today. You made a promise to yourself and you're a person who keeps their commitments. Um, so I also lastly want to make sure spouses rec, uh, build their fives up. I've seen a lot of people say, oh, I heard that fives were weak and I'm going to coddle you and treat you like you could break. And I just want to remind spouses to empower your fives, to help them to remember they have those, these powerful eight and seven parts of them and that they are strong and, um, they can survive anything. And you've already seen that about them and build them up, give them beautiful words of affirmation, do acts of service, but nothing with that whole giving to get, just let them love you in their way. Because a lot of the times fives love you in an unorthodox way. And sure. It's helpful to say, this is how I want to be loved as we get, you know, healthier together. But I also want you to stop and just say, what is great about my spouse and tell them. So I hope that's helpful for you guys. Yes. I think that is so useful. And I, I love that you said that fives need to spouses of fives need to remember how their five is loving them and to accept that love in that way. And then as you get healthier, you can do the love styles test and you can share more about how you want to be loved, but just noticing how they are loving you right now is so important. It sure is. So, oh my gosh. Well, thank you, Jen. This was such a deep episode. We just went so into our heads here for this. And I know that we're both going to do some body work later today <laughs> so we can balance out too, right? Yes, of course. We definitely need to, but it's a, such a great reminder for me that maybe I need to be a little more in my fives. So thank you fives for teaching me that and for setting such good examples for people just to be more focused and to want to learn and to grow. Yes. Thank you so much. We are so thankful for our fives in our world. So we appreciate you. I need to go to five less. <laughs> and so I have to learn from my, my one arrow like Jen, but I'm so blessed by you guys. You have just been brilliant for us. So thank you guys. And thank you, Jen.
Oh, thank you, Krista. I really love that you're sharing all these deep dives. And I'm so excited for people to go get a deep dive on your website, Enneagram and Marriage, because then they can get all of the details and then they can share it with their spouse. And if you get your type and you get your spouse's type and you exchange them and you share them all, you can just grow so beautifully in your marriage. And that's what we do when with our coaching. We help them to grow. But these deep dives are literally like tons of coaching sessions in one PDF. So yes. it's so valuable. Yes. And as I was talking to Wes about them the other night, he said, it's cheaper than going out to dinner and you get so much more. So I hope fives resonate with that. They like to not spend as much money and it's like, do this. But but because you brought that up, thank you so much, by the way, for bringing it up. Um, make sure that you guys know that growth comes in baby steps sometimes. And sometimes we just, especially fives, they can be like, I learned fast. It was logical. It made sense. I did it. Great if that's you. But if it takes time and you have to figure out routes, don't give up. It's worth it. You're worth it. Your marriage is worth it. Your family is worth it. Yes. And I think we just can digest all this information slowly. There's a lot, take it slowly, read it day by day. And you're right. You know, it's cheaper than going out to dinner. So pack a picnic, get the two PDFs, have a picnic with your spouse and there's your date night. Exactly. Because they can get the glow PDF also of fives with each different type in marriage. So that way they can figure out, wait a minute, what are our strengths? So this is fun. And it was a five um, marriage that actually inspired me to make the glow guide. So have to give a shout out there. Oh. Beautiful. That's wonderful. And we love our glow guides. My husband and I still revisit ours. It's awesome. Yay. We talk about ours a lot too. And I'm so grateful. Uh, Thanks, Krista. Thanks, Jen. Bye. I am so glad you joined us today for our conversation on fives. Aren't they so interesting? It's such a fascinating type and there's always more research to do. So don't forget to check out our deep dive guides. And also don't forget to listen to some of our other episodes where we have couples come on and several times we've had fives come on and talk to us about being inside of a relationship as a five or with a five. So make sure you know, we'll always be giving you more episodes, information, research at anyramandmarriage.com as well as on this pod. Have a wonderful day. We love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show as well as anygramandmarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.